This A's Cast download is brought to you by Link Soul. Check out their spring collection. Go to linksoul.com and by Nest Bedding. Love where you sleep. Go to nestbedding.com. This is A's Cast Live, your comprehensive look at the Oakland Athletics. And the pitch is swung on, hit the right field, hit deep. Whitefield going back at the track over his head and over the wall. Do you believe that? And 29 other MLB clubs. Ramirez with a drive to deep right, away, back, goal! Yohei hits a bomb out there by the Rocks. And boy, oh boy, this third inning is now showtime. It is a judgy and blast. All rise, here comes the judge. Join us as we take you inside the baseball universe. From humidors, to spin rates, to game-changing moments. We have you covered. Spend your afternoon with us next from the town, only on A's Cast Live. Here's Chris Townsend. I want you people to know that no matter what, every day, all we do is crunch the data. Every day. This is what we do. It's like we got into baseball because we love baseball, and now we're basically like computer data people. Every day we're crunching the numbers. And every day we're trying to give you the answers. Every day we're breaking down baseball and we're trying to give you the best possible product we can right here on A's Cast Live. And we give you the best guests that there are in the business. Coming up here at 415, the general manager, David Force, is going to stop by. Can't wait. Memorial Day has come and gone. The first checkpoint in baseball. Where do the A's go from here? So we'll talk to David Forrest at 4.15. Our favorite Ron Washington is going to be here at 4.30. A guy that I've been asking for and I now have demanded to have on today as we talked to him in spring training. Impressed the the hell out of us. And then now is impressing the you-know-what out of everybody the way he is playing and deserving a role to play every single day for the Oakland Athletics. That's Ryan Noda. Ryan Noda has earned the right to play every single day at first base. We'll ask the general manager about that and to have the opportunity to play against righties and against lefties. The big three-run home run last night, you've seen what he does defensively. Ryan Noda is a special talent who's going to get every opportunity. And now we're at a we're at a point where we're talking about not that it's early. You know, so much was made of it's early, it's early, it's early. What are you going to see? Well, look at the changes in this team so far this year. Big change. S.A. Uriuriz was not going to be a guy that was going to play every day. Well, now every single day he is going to be in the lineup and he is going to be in center field. Now Ryan Nota is going to be a guy that's going to be at first base, and he should be in there almost every single day unless you got something that uh, you want to DH somebody and have somebody else play first. I mean, as of right now, I don't know where else you would go. I mean, I, I know other guys can play first base. I know Lemus Diaz could be put there. Jace Peterson could be put there. Seth Brown could be put there. But – on an everyday basis, you got a first baseman who's now hitting for the power. We already knew he had the great eye. We already knew he could play defense. Now the power's coming with it, and you got an 867 OPS. Is that any good? That's a that's above league, above league average, I would say, yeah. 
know, anything like elite average. No, I know, I know. I'm I just, mean, anything over 800 is good. Is a guy that's got to play. Yeah. And he is now at 867, six home runs, 19 RBIs, the 241 average, and oh, the walks just makes everything just explode. So Ryan Noto will be here after after BP, and then on a personal note, Brad Sanfilippo, Bay Area kid, who is now the head baseball coach at San Jose State, has led my alma mater, San Jose State, to the NCAA regionals against Stanford. So it is, if you love college baseball, you love amateur baseball, you love the future of our game because so many future big leaguers will participate. It's the regionals, then they go to the super regionals, the ultimate goal to make it to Omaha, to the College World Series, and play for the national championship, which my alma mater did years ago. But uh, you can't get to the College World Series unless you make it into the playoffs and the playoffs for college baseball are going to start this Friday. Only one regional is out west. It's it's hard to believe the landscape of amateur college baseball where this used to be something that was so big out west. When you talk about how the world is changing, the world of college sports is changing. I used to look at a map of the United States and, all, and, and, you know, it's something that you did and a couple of my buddies that they went, oh, my God, San Jose State's got to play Stanford. Yes, Stanford's in it. So is Santa Clara. Got to give our love to the Broncos as they won the WCC. But Stanford's hosting the region. It's going to have Cal State Fullerton. They're back from the dead. And Texas A&M. It's a very strong region. A lot of people look at it and go, man, what's going on? You, you, that, that, that's a tough regional. It's like, well, got to realize everything is out to the southeast. Other than Oklahoma, uh, Oklahoma State is hosting, which is in Stillwater, Oklahoma, which that's right in the Midwest. Everything else is basically in the Southeast in college baseball. Why? Because the Southeastern Conference has become such the big swing and power broker in college sports because the money is just insane. I mean, the next closest thing, regional, to Oklahoma City is Arkansas. Fayetteville, right? Fayetteville, Arkansas. Yeah, where, where, where's Zach Jackson? Where's Ryan Stanek, the, the opener for the, Ast- for the Astros? Uh, everything else is Vanderbilt, Alabama, Auburn, uh, Florida. Is it Wake Forest hosting? Miami, which is as southeast as you can get. Yeah. Uh, Wake Forest, Clemson. I mean, it's all in the southeast, which and that's also ACC country. When you're talking about Clemson and Wake Forest, but man, I mean, back back when dinosaurs like me played college baseball, so much was out west. Arizona, either A State or Arizona would have one. USC uh, or or UCLA would have a region. I mean, now you've got one, on the West Coast. You think of all the great players, all the guys who are drafted in the first round, all the guys in amateur baseball. No one has more Division One baseball teams than California, and we got one region. And Stanford and San Jose State are in it. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Santa Clara is going to play at Fayetteville, Arkansas. And I saw this earlier. This has to do with um, Louisiana. But Tulane got in the in the regionals with a with a nineteen and forty record because well, they, they won because they won their conference. Yeah. But I mean that's incredible. <laughs> LSU is also one of the sites. Speaking of SEC, so the SEC and ACC are dominant. Dominant. You may say I don't care about college baseball. I get it, but I do. I love it. And who's the host of the show? Uh, you. 
So we will be talking San Jose State and the head coach of San Jose State at 530, Brad Sanfilippo, who, by the way, former teammate of mine. When I was at San Jose State, Major League Baseball, because obviously in Southern California, there's so many players and guys that would come home from colleges that Major League Baseball sponsored a wood bat league. And so a lot of us would go back to Southern California, and there were guys who were who never left Southern California. So this was such a dominant wood bat league that it was all guys who were from Southern California. And it's basically all these teams are just loaded with Division One guys, right? I mean, it was just we were these teams were stacked. So you're playing against guys who are playing all over the country for top programs, but the coaches, some of the coaches were J- junior college coaches. They were allowed to have a couple of their players. So our head coach, I played on the Mesa College Royals. Every guy we got, I think other than me, was going to get drafted. <laughs> Every guy. I mean, it's I like my, my buddy Chris Nelson, who was a former A's draft pick, was a, a pitcher at Oklahoma State. He and I dominated. And one of the years we, we won the league. But everybody you're playing against, I mean, scouts are everywhere. I mean, these are summer league games. These are essentially college summer league, wood bat league in San Diego, and scouts are everywhere at these games. So, Radar guns. I mean, because you had, I mean, you guys that they're going to be first round draft picks are playing this thing. So is this the bay, is this the West Coast equivalent of the Cape Cod League? Yeah. So you had the Cape, and you had um, uh, you had the Alaskan League, you had Cape Cod League, then you had all these different leagues, and then. You know, a lot of us, summertime, you want to go back home. Alaskan, that's interesting. I mean, the summer, yeah, it makes sense in the summer. but It never gets dark. The the last, (laughs) for years. Now, things may have changed. I don't know. That was a long time ago. But the uh, Cape was always big, but Alaska was huge also. Those are, I mean, you were talking about premier, premier players playing in that. So, Brad was a freshman at Mesa College and was on our team. So, that's how I got to know him. And he's now the head coach of San Jose State, so we will have him on. By the way, I met a- him. I met him at a tailgate at uh, San Jose State football game. That's correct. I forget what game it was. Uh, as a proud San another Jose, win. As a proud season ticket holder, I forget which game it was. By the way, could we have San Jose State win the College World Series and then later on in late August? Oh, I know week, where you're going. Week zero. It's week zero. These Braves people. See that kid mad dogging me in that Braves uniform? <laughs> I wasn't going to let him mad dog me. Now, if you're, if you're listening at athletics.com slash acecast, you, you heard silence because this little kid just walked by me in a Brave jersey, and he's looking at me. I mad dogged him. Did you see that? I mad dogged him the whole way. You don't step on our turf. <laughs> How old do you think that kid was? I don't know. Ten? You see a look in his eyes. I don't know. Last time we were out here, some a young a youngster in high school saved your life. So yeah, but he was an A's fan. That's a Braves uh, yeah, fan. Yeah, yeah, true. I tell you right now, I want that kid to know that you step on this field, you step on this field with fear. <laughs> Where was I go? Oh, if the A's win today, guess what? That's two in a row. And what is that? Uh, I guess that's a loose definition of a winning streak. Last time the A's won two in a row. I'm glad someone brought it up because if you would have asked me, honestly, if I would ask any our crew over here, if I would ask anybody, when's the last time we won two in a row? Would anybody have known? Without looking at the schedule, I think it was wasn't it against the Royals and like right around there, right? So was it the Royals? Is that around there? Anyone? We have a whole research, and I'm the one that's figuring this out. I mean, I know I'm the leader of the research crew, but. 
think it's the Royals right around there. It was the Royals. Yeah. Thank you. If I would have said May 5th and 6th, would you have gotten that? No. No. I believe the Royals are looking for their first three-game winning streak of the year. <laughs> hey, it's got to start somewhere, right? It's got to start somewhere, and this is why – What's going to happen here with David Force is real interesting because you're like Towns. What are you what, what are you going to get at? Well, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to get at. Everybody tells you in baseball whether I agree with it or not. Hey, remember I have no control. I am not a front office person. Even though my badge, swear to God, you're not going to believe this. It says front office. Maybe I'm going to use that against David since I am part of your front office. That's what it says. Says Chris Towns in front office. Does not, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. I have the same one. I want to know. They say Memorial Day is the first checkpoint. But really what Memorial Day is, I'm going to watch my team. Back in the day it was less games. Now I'm basically going to watch my team for two months. And let's just see. You're going to have injuries. You're going to have, you know, you're going to start making decisions. Okay. Now you got two months till what? Trade deadline. All-star break. Trade, trade, trade deadline. deadline. Well, both. They're break. both in – well, actually, also the trade deadline's in August now. August 1st. Yeah. So you got basically two months. Yeah. All-star game, we have the draft. Oh, that's true. And yeah. we have time off. And I'm going to be going on vacation. And guess where I'm going? To Seattle, where the all-star game is. Why? That's where my friends wanted to go on a guy's trip to. And then I realized, wait, that's where the all-star game is. You're going on a guy's trip to the Pacific Northwest? They wanted to go there. My, I don't know. That's where they wanted to go. And of course, I had to get. Like, the, I had to get his Seattle's home run derby a place, ticket. Seattle's a place you take your wife. Been there with my wife. Why are you going to go to Seattle with a bunch of guys? I, and I'm the only married one, so. Why would they want to go to Seattle? I don't know. We we did San Diego last year, not at the All Star break. That makes sense. Yeah. Beach, a lot of fun. My friends Seattle. Flying, my friends flying from the East Coast to go to, to Seattle. To, to Seattle, yeah. I hope it rains on you guys the whole time. Probably That's will. The dumbest. Out of all the places you could go, party, All Star game. I mean, I should say all-star break summer. Out of all the places you could go, you're going to go to Seattle where it's going to be overcast and rainy? I got lucky when I went a couple years ago. It was nice three of the four days we were there. We could actually see Mount Rainier, which you never get to see. Ooh, because that's what I think on a guy's trip. Let's go see Mount Rainier. Yeah. You know, my, my, buddy goes, my buddy goes, hey, so my brother's going to want to wake up early and go hiking. I'm like, are you out of your mind? Why would oh I get up? Oh, my God. I'm going to ask David Forrest. Yeah, this is a man that makes decisions. That's how, that's what we're starting with David Forrest. What, where he going on a guy's trip? Is this the worst idea of all time? Well, don't worry. I'm, I have to go to the home, I'm going to the home run derby, too. So we're supposed to take a week away from baseball or a few days away from baseball. No, I'll be right front center. By the I, way, I did that. It was what, what year was the All-Star game in San Diego? Oh, it was years ago. Yeah, I did it last year in Dodger Stadium. So I always get I always go back to San Diego on vacation for the All Star game, for the All Star break, and and my family wanted to go, and I remember going to the All Star game, going, "Why am I here? I do everything I can to get away from baseball, and I'm at the All Star game." Well, we we always talk about we want to bring the smartest people in baseball on A's Cast Live. We welcome Dr. David Forrest back to the program. <laughs> Doctor, how are you? You need, to re- you need to reach higher if that's what you're looking for. All right, so this is – Cody has just informed us that he and his buddies during the All-Star break are doing a guy's trip. This is not wives, kids. This is guy's trip okay. to Seattle. During, beautiful city. During the All-Star game, All-Star break, but they're not going to the game. 
a guy's trip to Seattle in the summer. What's the problem? Where it's rainy and There's overcast. Golf and, and sailing. and Will you be playing sailing? I, I'm the only one that doesn't golf, so I will not be <laughs> golfing. So somebody's talking about going hiking? Yeah, my, my friend's brother's like, hey, we're going to get up at like 5 a.m. to go hiking. I'm like, are you out of your mind? It sounds fantastic. I'd love to take a four-day guy's trip to Seattle in the middle of the season. But maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> I'm thinking beach, Huntington Beach, San Diego. They went to San Diego last year. Okay. But now they're going to. Are these the questions I was brought here to answer, Chris? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> you want the truth? You want? All right. What's let, up? All right. Here we go. Yeah. So the first two months, we get to Memorial Day. It's the checkpoint, right? Great. Now we spend the next two months trying to figure out where to go from there. Yeah. Do you subscribe to that? Yeah. I've always believed that. Yeah. I, th- I mean, I think as long as I've been here, we've said first two months, what do you got? Next two months, do what you can. Last two months, sit back and watch. So for these next two months, what do you think you're looking at for this roster? How do you see it? Well, this is not a typical year, obviously. We've, we've already tinkered quite a bit. I mean, we've made, we've made moves in the bullpen. We've brought guys up. We, you know, obviously designated Aggie the other day. So it's not necessarily a typical year where I would say we haven't done anything to this point. Um, you know, we're always looking to get healthier. I know Freddie Tarnock and Kirby Sneed were out here earlier today yeah. throwing to hitters, so that's a good sign. Um, I, I think we're going to continue to try and, you know, bring in productive productive players, whether that's from the outside, whether that's moving guys up from AAA. I mean, Jonah Bride had a fantastic month of May uh, in AAA, deserved a promotion, came up here and got two knocks last night. Like, those are the signs of progress we want to keep seeing. How important is it when you have a guy that's hot? Like Jonah Bride was four for four the day before. Yeah. When you brought him up last night, his first two at bats, two hits. So he's six for his last six. If a guy's hot, how important is it? Get the guy hot who's here and let him play right away. Yeah, I don't know that he necessarily has to have four hits like the preceding night. <laughs> yeah. um, but it's. I think it's really important from a confidence standpoint for a guy to be swinging the bat well or throwing the ball well. I think – Hogan Harris will tell you that when we brought him here the first time, he wasn't pitching all that well in AAA. We brought him here because we needed a long guy. We were sort of short in the bullpen, but he wasn't throwing the ball that well. He just was on the roster, and he'll tell you he went into that first game without a hell of a lot of confidence. When we brought him up last weekend, he's coming off three really good starts and felt good about the way he was throwing the baseball. So I think it makes a lot of difference. So when you start thinking about the young players, at some point they will be here. We know the yeah. certain guys, they're going to – as I like to say, force everybody's hand and get their way here. With with the way the season, does the record, the way the season going, dictate that at all? Whether you're going to bring somebody up or not? I mean, it has to. I'd be I'd be lying if I said how this team was playing didn't affect the decisions we made as far as bringing players up and down. Because there are there are years, obviously, where you know. Every single win is critical, and that has to drive your decisions. There are years where every single win is not as, you know, as sort of desperate a situation. So you have a little more flexibility in what you do. And you got some good guys in Double A. How could we finally see? We haven't seen in a while a guy. Could we see a guy from Double A? Because there's some names down yeah, there. Yeah, we've talked about it. I know what you're going to ask. This guy comes straight here from the yeah. big leagues. It. I can't think of anyone since like Danny Putnam. But maybe there's someone more recent than that. It's came, been a long time. Came straight from Double A. Yeah, we've definitely talked about it, and and the guys who are performing there. You know, there's been a lot of talk about Brett Harris. Lawrence Butler's doing great. Denzel got off to a really good start. Daryl Hernandez is hitting 350. So we've definitely talked about it, partly because of 
uh, you know, the environment in Vegas has made it very difficult for guys to make the adjustments. And, and obviously the way the ball flies there, what you can get away with uh, as a hitter doesn't always translate here. Um, so that's part of the reason, but also because there's a lot of guys performing really well there. How tough is it when you put a group together like this group, veteran guys, as you mentioned, Aggie was DFA'd, and we could see more of that. Yeah. I mean, these are – you had a plan. Let's just say the plan hasn't worked that you had that, – that you thought you were going to start the season That's with. That's fair. Right? Their guys get hurt. I thought <laughs> – I mean, Blackburn looked great yesterday, but you thought Blackburn would be here at the start. Right. You thought Rosinski would be here at the start, but he had a bad hamstring. So, like – how tough is that now when you really start? Because you're affecting, I mean, you're greatly affecting people's lives and careers. It's a tough situation. Yeah, I mean, but that's what we do. Like, you, we put the team together, and then you have a plan B and a plan C, and not all of them work out. Occasionally you get to plan H um, because you just have to sort of scramble and make moves on the fly. I mean, Lucas Erseg was not on our radar a month ago. Like, I didn't know we'd need a, a bullpen arm, and then – sort of came available, and, and I'm glad we went out and grabbed him. He pitched great last night, and, you know, he's going to have ups and downs, but he looks like a really solid Major League bullpen piece. Uh, Love Lady the same way. Like, you have, to, you have to have plans, and then you have to adjust, and that's just part of the game. Some years it goes better than others. Yeah, and, and, it, and so much of it, you know, because you don't really have to worry about, I, I'm letting a guy go, and he's got – 50 million left on his contract you're not dealing with that situation but you do have some veteran guys you're gonna have to make some decisions yeah, on. yeah and it's never easy i mean cots cots will tell you that the better days are when you don't have to send anybody out or you don't have to make those decisions it's the least favorite part of what he does i know that um but yeah i mean those are you have you are responsible to the 26 guys in the clubhouse the guys in the coach's room the manager like there are times when you have to have difficult conversations and and you know aggie's one of those when you start thinking about certain players, I think about Ruiz in center, and now, you know, we love Nodem. We talk about him a lot. We've liked him since spring training. We were getting him on the program today. How much does a guy like Noda playing where he's got to play every single – to me, it seems like he needs to play every single day. He's proven yeah. at least giving him the chance and the right. How much does that affect the way you do your decisions with the lineup and overall the roster? Yeah, I mean, that was obviously a factor in in uh, the decision to designate Jesus. I mean, Noda's proven over the first two months, like you said, that he should be in there as much as possible. He's not going to play against every lefty because there are days to match up. Um, but that's a case of a plan that went right. We took him in the Rule 5 draft because we thought he could do this. So far, you know, so far he's lived up to our expectations. And, yes, that affects the other guys on the roster. You know, Aggie was going to get more first base time. That's not in the cards right now. So when you look going forward here and start talking about some of the veteran guys and trades, because trades are trades just don't happen overnight, right? right. These, are, these are phone calls that you've had and said, hey, Maybe I'll be looking for this. You're looking for that. There's a lot that goes into trade. People, I think a lot of people think that you just call somebody up out of the blue and go, hey, Milwaukee, let's do this. So <laughs> how much have you been talking about some of your veteran players that, that potentially could be moving on and help somebody else? Yeah, I mean, it's about that time. You keep mentioning these phone calls. I could just text people, right? Yeah, that's, that's right. That's what we're doing. Well, yeah, I know you got a you got a phone <laughs> with a cord, and you gotta you got to do the, I can a, just a rotary text. phone. Look it up, kids. <laughs> um yeah, I mean, those conversations are starting. I mean, we've talked for a couple of years now how the draft and the timing of it sort of affects that process. And, you know, a lot of guys are heading out this weekend to see the regionals, continue to scout. Then there's the combine. 
uh, in Arizona coming up in a few weeks, and then your draft meeting. So you got to sort of work through all that to have those conversations. Luckily, you can text. It takes me about 30 seconds to shoot something off and say, hey, Leon, let me know what you're looking for. You know, I, I don't know where we're going to be come mid-July as far as this team is is uh, is concerned and, and who's going to be available, what, what we're going to be looking for, but you got to start having those conversations now. It would be funny watching you walk up. Where's the cordless phone? <laughs> where, where's my cordless phone like we used to? Um, I think of somebody like Seth Brown. I know how much he means to the organization, and I know there's going to be people, and I hear it on my show all the time where people say, you got to trade this guy. You can't trade everybody because I believe, and I want to get your opinion on it, that you need a veteran guy still to be here with the kids. Yeah. Somebody's got to be the adult in the room, as they like to say. Yeah. And, and I know you don't want to comment on all the players, but let's just say from a pitching standpoint and a, and a position player standpoint, how important is it to have at least – a veteran there to help lead the guys. I mean, I think we're, like, living proof that you need those guys. Like, this team that started the year with five rookies in the rotation, I mean, how much more stable did we look just yesterday with Paul Blackburn starting the game? Yeah. I mean, it made a huge difference in optics and, and obviously in results, too. Uh, so I don't think there's any doubt that you need you need that experience, whether it's not only the clubhouse, you need it on the field. You need guys who've been here before and done it before. So, yeah, you can't just trade everybody. And, look, we want to get to the point where we're keeping guys. That's the whole point of doing it. I this. do think you're close, though. I think you do have some young players. Yeah, we talk about Noda and Ruiz, look, and I like Bladea. I, th- th- I appreciate your enthusiasm, and, and I know we, we see it on TV every day. i got to sell it every day. <laughs> I, I love it. No, and, and, and yeah, and no, no one appreciates it like you do. But, yeah, we, ha- we need more. We need more players. Yeah. We need more of these guys to step up and you know, kind of do what we think they're capable of. Well, to me, it's like it, 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 we've seen like what you guys did in 12 – some of it maybe 18, 19, where you get a lot of different players from a lot of different places. But you always, like, don't you always strive for a group and to grow a group? For sure. And do you feel like you have those seeds, like you you water those seeds, they grow, have a group grow together? Do you feel with what we've seen, what we're hearing about in Vegas, what we're hearing about in Midland, that you may have that group to grow around? I, I hope so. Yeah, I really do. I mean, 12 and 18 are, are fun years to think about, but they're also stressful because you don't quite know what you have yet. I, I prefer 13, 14, and 19, 20 because that, then we really knew the group we had and we added to it and we sort of complemented those guys. I mean, that's where you want to be. Like 12 and 18 kind of happened because everything went right and then we could build on it. You, you obviously need those years to happen before you can start some like consistent success, but yeah, that's, you know, if we're on the sort of doorstep of that, we all want it to come quicker. You mentioned the regionals coming around. Brad Sanfilippo, the head coach of my San Jose State wow. Spartans, won the Mountain West. San Jose State. Uh, going to be taking on Stanford yeah. on Friday. And congratulations, Santa Clara's. They won the WCC. It, it's so fascinating that the only regional out west is Stanford. They're all in the southeast. Think about yeah. in your time. I mean, back when I was playing, I'm a little older than you, everything was out west. Yeah. Now everything's in the southeast. Is it just crazy the way amateur baseball has I mean, changed? College baseball has gone that way now for a decade. I mean, the SEC is dominating the the programs. You know, in the ACC and out east, you look at the facilities they have and everything. It's, it's not a surprise. I mean, it's great that Stanford still can host a regional, keep something out here, and you know, I don't want to take away from Oregon State and some of the other schools, but Stanford's sort of been the one, and everyone else has to go travel and. 
I got to think watching these players, you like to see them in this environment before you draft them. Yeah, I mean, you want, I mean, high school guys you want to see in the showcases, college guys you want to see against the best and sort of high pressure. We saw conference tournaments last week. We'll see regionals this week. All right, it's going to be a fun summer. Thank you for stopping by. We'll talk soon. All right, I'll see you. David Force, the general manager of your Oakland Athletics. Ron Washington will join us next right here on A's Cast Live. This is Chris Towns, and there are two things that are a must for me, comfort and style. Whether I'm playing golf, going to dinner, I've got to have the right feel. That's why I've partnered with Link Soul, and you're going to love Link Soul. They have just released their new spring line, new fabrics for their polos, lightweight and perfect for technical performance. Link Soul also has new styles for their layers and hoodies with cool prints and seasonal colors. You know what they say in the big leagues, look good, play good. Go to linksoul.com. That's linksoul.com. Streaming from the town, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. Well, when you think all-time great Oakland Athletics coaches, you think this guy right here. It is so great to have you back here well, in it's, Oakland. It's great to be back. It and it's really great is. to always have you on this show. You know how much you mean to our fan base. Well, I tell you what, they mean the same to me. And you mean so much, I, the rumor's out that you're going to be a part of fantasy camp coming up. Yes, I am, and I'm looking forward to it. I think you showing up the fantasy camp for A's fans, being, the chance for A's fans to be coached by you is, is, is would be a thrill and an honor. Well, it's going to be a thrill and an honor for me, and um, I'm just looking forward to the fun because that's what we're going to have, fun. Oh, it's going to be. I mean, you think Dave Stewart, <laughs> Dallas Braden, Shooty Babbitt. You can't beat that. Can't beat that. And don't forget Ron Washington. <laughs> <laughs> when you come back here and you step on the field, what, what are the feelings? Well, the feelings are 17 years. Um, you know, all I hear is complaints about the stadium, but people don't know unless they've been here. This is a beautiful place to play. Um, yeah, I mean, you would like a, a better stadium, but you can't ask for a better field. The work environment's incredible. It's incredible. And the people that take care of it are incredible and been incredible for a long time. So um, I enjoy it when I come back. I really do. I enjoy seeing the fans. And, um, you know, they make a lot of noise. And I want them to understand they got a young group. And um, that young group is going to grow to be something special one day. You know, we've been talking about the young group, and I've been talking about growing together. And people ask about coaching. I said, you know what, no matter what age group we're talking about, Coaches make players better. They make them better on the field, and they make them better off the field. Just how important is coaching for young players when they're coming up to learn how to be professionals at this level? Well, it's more than being a professional. It's learning the game and respecting the game and knowing who blazed the trail before you got here. That's another thing, knowing who gave themselves as bait <laughs> to, to, for you to be here and yeah. have this opportunity. Um, you got baseball at the top, B-A-S-E-B-A-L-L, and there's so much underneath that has to be gotten to understand this game. And um, I think when you talk about coaches, they're the perfect example of what it takes to grow people and turn them into men, turn them into uh, fathers, you know, that type of stuff. Um, they got it all. Um, it's, it's at their hands, especially when you got a young group. When you got a young group, you're able to sit there and mold. You're able to explain how the game is supposed to be played, how you go about playing it, how you deal with adversity, because there is a lot of adversity in this game. And majority of the times, those coaches have been where you're trying to go. 
No doubt about it. And yeah. so much as it, it's the work of the pupil. Uh, already today, folks, I can tell you, as we're getting ready up in our box, we're looking down, and Wash is down here working with his infielders. This is this is right. Well, we came on today at four o'clock. You were working with these guys at three o'clock. So game's not till six forty. Wash has them out here working on the drills. You got your different infield gloves that you yeah. work with these guys with. Just talk about it, it, to be great, to be good, to to be successful, and have a career at this level. The amount of work you've got to put in every single day you have to have tremendous work ethic and you have to wake up in the morning for the seven eight or nine months that you're going to be playing this game because everyone has a vision that when they start in spring training they want to be in the world series so that means you're going to be playing for seven to eight months and you got to have that vision and you got to work toward that vision and that means you got to find a way to get it done every single day and sometimes when you're not feeling very good you can find out a lot about yourself if you can make it through that day and be successful. So, you know, those are the type of things, and that's work ethic. You definitely have to have work ethic. And I remember my first year when I came here to Atlanta, um, we was out in the heat working, and one of the, 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 the former coaches came up to me and said, Wash, don't you think you're working these guys too hard? <laughs> I say, well, let me tell you something. What I do, yeah. once you get it, it's four minutes. They hit every single day in the cage. I found a way to make them work every single day on defense. Yeah, because you know what? As, as Ray Fossey always told us, out here, Oakland, pitching and defense, that's what wins the championships. It's wins. pitching and defense. But defense, like, it, it, you have to make the little things a habit every day. It has to be something that I don't need to ask you. You just know that every day we're working on this because it's a habit. It's every single day. Well, you just said a word, the little things. In the game of baseball, it's about the little things. To call those little things details. You handle every detail. And if you handle every detail, success is right around the corner. It's about the details. It is the little things. The big picture is always there. But when things start to fade in that big picture, you got to be able to see them right away. And if you're not taking care of details, you never see the things that start slumps. You never see the things that might start a pitcher from not being able to find the strike zone anymore. You never know what might cause an infield to all of a sudden his rhythm is off. You might not know what causes a, a hitter to not make solid contact. It's the details. And when they go a little bit, that's when you jump on them. You don't let them fall down and try to build it back up. You catch them as they fade. Yeah. That's work ethic. That's work ethic. That's work ethic. Because when you got work ethic, you don't miss anything. I talk about every day on the show, little good things lead to big good things. Little bad things lead to really bad, bad things. things. I know you got to go. Let's end on this. You already got a World Series ring with this team. Your group is so young, so talented. You think? What do you see in this Atlanta Braves team? Well, I see big possibilities. But the thing is, we got to take care of business. And, um, you know, we, we're having a rough May, but – even though we're having a rough May, we everybody else is having a rough May too. So hopefully June is better. But that group over there, they never take one day into the next. And I've been there seven years, and for seven years, that's what I've seen. They never take a bad day into the next day. They always come fresh because I always let them know, if you're happy with what you did yesterday, you eat the thing today. That is a great skill, by the way, to be able to let – the past, especially the recent past, like yesterday's game, yeah. to let that go and only focus on today because a lot of people can't do that. That's where work ethic come in. 
We show up at the ballpark and we go about our business, getting ready, getting ready. We learned from yesterday what we should do today to try to prevent that from happening. But on any given day, any team can get beat. And it's not the best team that wins. It's always the team that played the best on that day. So we got to come back here today and play better than Oakland. If we don't, we're going to get beat again. Well, it is an always an honor to have you on the show, whether it's just by phone sometimes, like during the playoffs, because you do mean so much to so many people around here. I mean, whether it's just people who've been in security have known you for so many yeah. years, people working in the stadium, the fans, A's employees, not many people have a relationship with an organization and community like you do, and that's something really special, and that's why it's an honor to always have you on. Well, I just want to say before I leave, when I left here and went to Texas, exactly what you said, I brought to Texas. <laughs> and Everybody, yeah. everybody that's a part of the, the Oakland A's, no matter what capacity they're in, they family. And the same thing happened when I went to Texas. But I brought that from here, you know, um, the, the, the camaraderie, the love uh, that, that I got here. Um, I remember when I got the job in Texas, Eric Chavez, when he hugged me, when I got the job, he said, don't change. And I went there, and guess what? They tried to change me, but it didn't work. <laughs> and that's what you have to do. you got to be who you are, and that's who I am all the time. And that's who these fans has always been to me. They've never, ever judged me. And that's why you go to fantasy camp because you'll get more than just like five minutes of this. You'll get him. He can coach you. You can hang with him after fantasy yeah. camp. We're, we're going to be there. Uh, they're trying to talk me into playing. We'll see if that happens. Yeah. We can get my old body going again. But it is always uh, it's it's always great to have you on. Can't wait to see you at fantasy well, camp. I'm looking but we're going to talk to you again later this yeah, year during no doubt. the season. No doubt. But good luck to you guys. Thank you. Thanks for coming over. You bet. Thanks for having me. He's an all-time legend right here in Oakland. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is Chris Towns, and there are two things that are a must for me, comfort and style. Whether I'm playing golf, going to dinner, I've got to have the right feel. That's why I've partnered with Link Soul, and you're going to love Link Soul. They have just released their new spring line, new fabrics for their polos, lightweight and perfect for technical performance. Link Soul also has new styles for their layers and hoodies with cool prints and seasonal colors. You know what they say in the big leagues, look good, play good. Go to LinkSoul.com. That's LinkSoul.com. Streaming from the East Bay, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. I can tell you, spring training, we interview all the players. One player stood out, and I'll never forget, we were off the air, you didn't hear it, and we were talking about his defense, and he says, I, I, I can win a gold glove. And you're like, that's the kind of confidence you need to have and we talked about what you have to do as a Rule 5 draft pick. There's the belief system that you have to have. And everything he said at spring training to us at Ho-Ho Cam, he is backed up, and it's this guy, Ryan Nota. You backed up everything you said down in Arizona, and I got to tell you, I'm so happy for you and your start. It's been fantastic. 
Thank you. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Um, I don't. I don't know if you can hear me right now, but uh, um, <laughs> I uh, here. Just put yeah. it up with a. Hello. Hello. There, there you go. Okay. Perfect. Sorry about that. Little malfunction. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah. Uh, you know, I'm glad to be back on here. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, I'm just, you know, just working hard, man. You know, uh, like I said, uh, in spring to you, um, either on air or off air, but. Uh, you know, sometimes it just takes some time, you know, just to get a little comfortable. Um, new scenery, new staff. But, uh, you know, I'm finally starting to feel a little bit comfortable here. And, you know, it's been nice. And hopefully we can uh, build off yesterday and, you know, continue to put some wins together and, you know, start a little streak here. So We talked about the fit. You needed a new fit as much as you – and I think being in the Dodgers system was great for you because you learned so much. They have a terrific system. But you needed a good fit. You got that right fit. Just talk about, and, and I, you know, we can, uh, the, the record stuff, we understand that. But just talking about you finally getting your chance, just talk about what the fit Oakland has been for you. It's been nice, you know. Um, a lot of people in this game, um, when I've been in the minors, you know, just needed that chance with another team. And, you know, I was fortunate enough um, to get my name called in the Rule 5 draft and, you know, to be here and, to be with this great group of guys and staff and, you know, media and everything, you know. Um, and everyone's made it pretty easy for me to be comfortable. And, uh, you know, a lot, of, a lot of guys pulling for each other, you know, sticking, you know, always having the same goal. We, we always want to win every day. And uh, that's my main goal every time I'm playing. Any sport, any game, no matter what. <laughs> so uh, you can ask my family You're coming that. out no matter what to yeah, win. <laughs> yeah, definitely, 100%. Um, so... You know, it's it's definitely been it's been great. You know, I couldn't ask for something you know better. Um, getting an opportunity, that's all I ever wanted. And uh, you know, hopefully I can keep taking strides and you know just every day get one percent better and just continue to grow, man. Talking about opportunity, you have shown just not the A's. I guarantee, my friend, you've shown twenty nine of the teams that you can play. I talk a lot about it in the post game show of, of how you've shown yourself defensively. Uh, we knew everything in front of you, you were going to vacuum up. I've been so impressed with the way that you're able to go back on fly balls to where you've gotten all the way down to the other team's bullpen. I haven't seen anybody do that since Matt Olson did that, and not a lot of people before Matt Olson did that. So you've shown your athletic ability. You've shown your ability to run. The patience has been so huge for you at the plate, but lately it seems like you've been a little bit more aggressive. Is that just you getting a little more comfortable? Uh, it's a mix of both. You know, uh, I think people, you know, started just trying to get ahead. And uh, so once I started learning that, I was like, all right, now it's time to be aggressive until they don't anymore. So I'm just going off of what people, you know, throw me and how they're pitching our team and um, just kind of building off that. And if they give me a strike early, I'm going to swing, you know. Um, and lately it's been working out pretty well. Um, I'm just going to keep sticking to my approach. And uh, I'm patient, but also aggressive when I need to be. So as long as I can keep doing that and, you know, keep getting on base, keep trying to produce for the team, and uh, I think more wins will come with that. You've kind of lured them in then, what you're saying. It's like <laughs> you're getting a lot of 2-0 counts. Now they don't want to be 2-0 count. If they want to they sneak one early, it's time to ambush. Yeah, so it's just being aggressive, right? I go up there to hit. You know, I'm here to hit. But if they don't throw me a strike, then I'll just take my base. You know, a walk's just like a single. So, for me, the amount of walks I have, I just basically call them singles. So, I'm, <laughs> I think what, right now, we're at about 
I don't even know, but um, I'm just trying what do, to get. What do you want to know? I can tell you. <laughs> no, I don't really want to know anything at this point. But you're on base uh, is really good. <laughs> let's just say that. And I just, you know, I'm just trying to, you know, get on base for the guys behind me. You know. Well, how about patience? Because to me, you see about five, you see about five pitches per at bat. And you know, speaking of on base, your on base is absolutely fantastic. Um, but the thing is with Ruiz, who's now becoming a hit stealing bases oh yeah how important is it for you when you're going up hitting in the two hole knowing that you got to take some pitches if he's he's out on first you got to let him do what he's going to do oh yeah and i love it you know i would rather hit with him on second or third than on first Mm -hmm. uh makes my job a lot easier especially with no outs if he's on second i just got to hit something on the right side get him over to third for the big big dogs behind me so makes it a lot easier makes it a little bit more comfortable when he's you know running the bases like a wild man like he does and uh i love it i'll take a pitch down the middle i have before and i'll do it again as long as he can get that bag and you know get in scoring position for us to have a chance to especially in the first inning you know to get you know a lead um it's huge you know uh get our pitchers you know some runs early is is big time relaxes them doesn't ha- force them to have too many pressure pitches and uh you know I think uh, him hitting in front of me is awesome. I love it. Yeah, he immediately is in scoring position for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't want that as a hitter? Exactly. So, and I played against him a lot throughout the minor leagues, and I've always said, like, man, I want this guy on my team. Yeah. And now uh, we always joke around. I'm like, I'm like Ruiz, we're finally on the same team, and I love it. He goes, me too. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's been nice, you know, and we're building a lot of chemistry together, and which is good. Um, and he knows that if he gets a good jump, I'm – I'm gonna let him take it. So, it's it, it it's gonna be a, a fun one-two punch, hopefully here. So. Well, I can tell you whether it's this show or it's after the game on the post-game show with all the A's callers, your name's coming up a lot, and people are really enjoying watching you grow as a player. They're glad you're here at 27 years old. This is the start of your prime, and you're in the right spot at the right time. It's funny how life works, but you're where you need to be, and it's a lot of fun to watch you grow. So. Two-thirds of the season left. Just continue to do it, and let's just sit back and enjoy. (laughs) Heck, yeah. Take care, my friend. Good luck to you. Thanks for having me. We got more coming next right here on A's Cast Live. This is Chris Towns, and there are two things that are a must for me, comfort and style. Whether I'm playing golf, going to dinner, I've got to have the right feel. That's why I've partnered with Link Soul, and you're going to love Link Soul. They have just released their new spring line, new fabrics for their polos, lightweight and perfect for technical performance. Link Soul also has new styles for their layers and hoodies with cool prints and seasonal colors. You know what they say in the big leagues, look good, play good. Go to LinkSoul.com. That's LinkSoul.com. Streaming from the A's Road Studio, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. All right, we were just in a discussion that I know a lot of you probably aren't going to care about, but if you're a baseball fan, it's an interesting discussion. Talking about, well, there's multiple things that were said today on a program that I really, really like, MLB Now. And one of them was, and I, I didn't get to see this part yet. What I like to do driving up is I put my AirPods in and I put the show on and I just make it a, a drive up in the traffic, me and MLB Now. And I listen to it. Uh, I have said 
multiple times on this program. I've also said on on the A's Clubhouse show, which is our postgame show, when we play the Astros, we can boo the hell out of them all we want. But Jose Altuve will be a Baseball Hall of Famer. There is no doubt in my mind he's almost at 2,000 hits. He's going to have 3,000 hits. And just correct me if I'm wrong, I believe everybody who has 3,000 hits is in the Hall of Fame except one guy. Uh, That's correct. That I know of. And that one guy is not in because we know why. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, he's at like like 1,946 hits right now. He's going to get to 3,000. Wait a minute. How many did A-Rod end up with? Let's look it up on my phone. Did A-Rod end up getting 3,000? And if he's not in, you know why. So anybody that's not gambling or PEDs, A-Rod had three. Yeah. So anybody who's not gambling or PEDs, oh, uh, Palmero had 3,000 too. That's another one. Yeah, A-Rod had 3,115. Palmero had 3,000, right? I'm going to look that up, Palmero. So let me switch that. Everybody, yeah, 3,020. So everybody who's got 3,000 hits that is not linked to gambling, Pete Rose or PEDs, A-Rod, Palmero. Who else was on that? Those are the only two we said so far. There's a reason why. Altuve's getting 3,000 hits. I, no, he's I an MVP, all-star. He's already a two-time World Series champion. He, I believe, is almost, and this is skewed because guys play in more playoff games than ever before. I believe he's closing in on Manny Ramirez for most dingers in postseason history, right? He's, yes, he's 23 in 92 games in the postseason. And what's Manny at, like 26? Somewhere around there. I don't now, know that is head. all because, remember, Manny played not only for the Red Sox in a ton of postseason games, he played in all those postseason games with the Indians. Yeah. They weren't the Guardians there. They were the Indians. So, you got to play in a lot of postseason, but there's way more postseason games. I mean, clearly, Mickey Mantle was probably, you look at some of those old Yankees, they were in a lot, but they weren't as in many games, and they were efficient as you know what in the postseason. There's been yeah. great. My guy, George Brett was phenomenal in the postseason. Ricky Henderson was dominant in the postseason. But but they didn't have all the rounds and all the games, and it wasn't as easy to make the postseason back in the day. So nowadays, easier to get in the postseason. I'm not taking that away from these guys. They're still great. But Altuve could. I mean, I got them. They're going to be in the postseason again this year. I got to think they'll continue to be in the postseason as a a bunch of dirt bat. They're a bunch of – here's the way to explain them. They're – a bunch of well-run dirt bags. How about that? That's what the Astros are. You got to give them their due, but they're dirt bags. So they're well, well-run dirt bags. That's, I mean, that's a fair way. Not to put Long it. Beach State dirt yeah. bags that I played against. So they they put up a graphic on a movie now. It said notable second baseman not in a home run, and they're looking at career war. I'll give you the list of the guys: uh, Lou Whitaker, seventy-five point one. Lou Whitaker, I am surprised. That we now look at players and we go back and say, eh, did we get it wrong? Because you're talking about probably the best double play combination of all time with, with Trammell and Whitaker. Trammell's in. And Tra- well, he's in, but he, but he had to have the committee vote him yeah. in, not the not the writers. Right or wrong, I mean, Al Trammell was a great player. Lou Whitaker, they, they – I. I believe they have they have multiple records as a double play duo. And you look at his power. You said he's a 74 war and he's not in the Hall of Fame. And you got guys who were under 70 who were in the Hall of Fame? Yeah, Lou Whitaker, 75.1. That, 
we have we have said we have agreed. You made me. You forced me as the producer of the show <laughs> to say that Zach Grinky is in because of a seventy WAR. True or false? True, but it's also true that he is a Hall of Famer. Now pitching is obviously different than yes. hitters WAR, whatever. Pitching WAR is, low, but whatever. Seventy, you're in. We've we've Grinky, a great athlete, great hitter, also. We have basically said you got seventy, you're in. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, we used to put it at 60, but I think we upped it to 70. You're, you're, bo- you're a lock for the Hall of Fame. Well, Lou Whitaker's 75. Yeah, 75. Bobby Gritch is on here at 70, 71.1. Ooh, the Angels slash Oriole Bobby Gritch. Then you got – What he- years – because to me, Bobby Gritch was an angel, a California angel. But I know he was an Oriole, too. Oh, let me look. It's, it's easier to do with the computer than, like, uh, So, for phone. you young kids, you have no idea who we're even talking about. Bobby Gritch played. Um, he was a California Angel for me. He played with Baltimore from 1970 to 1976, and then the Angels and the rest of his career through 1986. Yeah, see, so for me, growing up, he was an Angel. So he and he ended up. You, you you want you want you want some, you want you want awful for me too with Reggie Jackson. Is it an Angel or an Oriole? I give me how many years Reggie was a California Angel, and and remember how old I am. This is like my teenage years. Reggie was in a movie, The Naked Gun, as an angel. Reggie was an angel for five years. What years? He was there from 1982 through 1986. 10, 11, 12, 13. He was a three-time All-Stars an angel. When I'm 10 years old... Until I was 13 years old, Reggie Jackson was a star. He was an older star. He was an angel. So, like, when I was a real little kid, Reggie was a Yankee. But when I was, like, becoming a teenager, would you say four years or five years? Five. Five. So, 14 in there. I, I remember Reggie as an angel. I hate to say it. Like, what, what year did he leave the A's? I was, what, four years old? Uh, his last year with 76? the A's. 76? Last year with the A's before he was sent to Baltimore was 1975. I was three years old. I don't remember Reggie as an A. Or do you remember him leaving when he was 41 in 1987? No, I He was remember. done playing. <laughs> <laughs> Reggie Jackson to me was an angel when I was a little kid. So here's the other second base. Rod Carew was an angel. He wasn't a twin for me. And you got to think, I'm probably older than a lot of people watching this. Not, not that I'm all old and you can't tell by my. But I'm just telling you right now, there's certain players that we talk about and I go, yeah, I don't, I don't remember him as – I mean, Reggie Jackson was out of here by the time I was four years old. What you say, 75? 75, yeah. Reggie was de- out of Oakland by the time I was three years old. I wasn't even a, My parents weren't even in high school. Yeah, yet. so you guys said, I remember Reggie as an A. I remember a- Reggie as an angel. I kind of remember as a Yankee and then definitely as an angel. I don't remember Reggie at all because he was done playing before I was born. He was way done playing before you were born. Uh, one year. 87 was the last oh, year. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So here's the other guys. Uh, you well, weren't even around for the Mets in 86. Nope. I miss out on Strawberry and everyone. But Dwight the, Gooden. The first World Series was 88. That would have been the Dodgers. Dodgers A's. Yeah, and then obviously next year was Dodgers. Giant, I can tell you Giants. where I was, and it's not creepy. I was in my girlfriend's parents' bedroom. Uh, something was going on with, like, trying on clothes or whatever, watching the World Series. Yes, these guys are looking at me like, it wasn't creepy. It was my girlfriend's parents' Room and I watched, couldn't believe Kirk. And you remember how much I love Dak and I hate the Dodgers. I could not believe, could not believe that. Still, and I, I'll remember, never forget where I was. You can go with it where you want. 
but I was in my girlfriend's parents' room watching on their bed, watching the World Series when when uh, Gibson went yard. Do you remember where you were? Oh, you weren't. You were one years old. No, I wasn't even born yet. I was born uh, like we a We can actually do that segment. Where were you when Gibby took Eck Yard? Do I was, you remember? I was born like I was a, a freshman. At, uh, no, I was a sophomore in high school. I was born a few weeks later. <laughs> the saying is. You missed out on the best era. By the way, I got the – I have it. I don't want to bore you because you guys, you, you sabermetricians don't care about stolen bases. Uh, the 80s, I got some notes on the 80s and stolen bases. Best era of baseball. And you can't tell me it's not – are you going to say the 80s is not the best era of baseball? Oh, no. I mean, there's a couple good base sellers. There's that Ricky guy. Because then you're basically going to say the guy that's – you know, look out there, it's named the field's named after Ricky Henderson. There's numbers up there, too. Yeah, you, you heard of Ricky Henderson? Yeah. you say when Ricky played it wasn't the best era of baseball? There's that Vince – most Col- exciting era? Vince Coleman was good, too. There's a lot of guys. Well, of all the 80-plus – all the years of 80 stolen bases or more, the majority of them are all in the 80s. Best era of baseball. You had power. You had speed. You had athleticism. You had guys that were snorting stuff up their nose that you <laughs> yeah. didn't know about. You had a lot of crazy stuff going on in the 80s. By the way, Esty uh, Ruiz is still on pace for, I think it's, I have what I He drives. 79 yesterday, I checked. Yeah, it. I just looked after. Is it dropped to 78? 78 now, yeah. He's 27 steals. See, that's the thing. We can't ride that times. because, you know, like, if he goes out and steals two bases, Tonight, it's like, oh, he's up to 82. We live and die with it every day. But, uh, God, we had it in the notes. Who was the last? Who just, who, who uh, oh, Jose Reyes of the Mets. The last guy is still over 70. 70-something. Yeah. It's like 77 yeah. or 76. Check that, guys. Jose Reyes, what was his total? He's the last highest guy. He was the last closest guy to 80. The, the A's rookie record, I believe, is, was set in 1978. It's only like 30-something. It was set in 1978 uh, with 50. 50, all right. So he's almost there. They're they're hard at work. We're putting our crack staff. Again, wow, I should be we more. We can't get Jose, Re- Jose Reyes. I should be more. I should, should be more. take two, ten seconds. I should be more outraged since I'm the leader of the this group. Yeah. Do a sort of. Jose Reyes, he played for the Mets. You guys have never heard of him? They remember him as a Rocky. <laughs> Leader of the Rock Pile. <laughs> they remember him as a Marlin. Rocktober. 78. 78. Yeah, he had 78. So he's the last guy. He was 24 years old when he did it, too. Same, same age as Esty. He's the last guy. Last clo- Who's the last guy to steal 80? Oh. Now far back you got to go to have a guy steal 80 bases. Probably Ricky or Vince Coleman. Dude, Ricky hasn't played in a long time. I mean, you're going back a long way. There's been nobody who stole 80 bases. I mean, it's just a single. Nobody? Let me pull it up. I don't have – I'm not logged into Sadhead like I'm on my actual computer, so it's, it's going to be a little harder to find it quickly. It's well, quick. let, them, let them figure it out. That I mean, that's – but we're, we're now, we're now going to head into that, that era, hopefully – of athleticism, and now we're going to really start valuing that going forward. It looks like Ricky. Clearly, clearly the A's are valuing athleticism and speed these days. You can see the guys that they're picking up and they're trading for, and we'll see the draft. The great Eric Davis. Eric is the, the Red. Eric the Red is the last guy to steal 80. When did, when did he do that? What year did he do that? That's unbelievable. 86? 
1986 is the last time we saw a guy steal let, 80 let me, bags. Let me give you the numbers in 86. So if Ruiz steals 80 bags, not only does it break the American League rookie record of Kenny Lofton of 66. Correct. I don't remember what year that is. 92. Out of? Arizona. Point guard out of Arizona. They snuck into the tournament Um, this year. Baseball. No, I was about to say, wait, Kenny Lofton in the tournament? <laughs> How do you remember that? What year was that? What year was Kenny Lofton? In the early 90s, I would have not been watching college basketball three or four years old. I don't remember there Kenny were lo- Lofton as a player. There were a lot of guys in 1980. Kenny Lofton, by the way, is a sneaky guy. If I bet if we really looked at it, we could make a case oh, you potentially can... for the Hall of Fame. But... Kenny Lofton was a terrific player. Yeah, he's a great defender, good hitter. Yeah, he, was le- he was legit everything. You remember him as an, as an Indian. I remember when he played I his remember one year. as an Indian. I remember his one year playing in Pittsburgh as a Pirate. Kenny Lofton played for 2003, the 2003, he was a Pittsburgh Pirate. That's I do that. not. I, I, you know what? Poor knowledge on me. I do not remember but, Kenny Lofton the bucko. Four Raise gu- the Jolly Roger. Four guys in 1986 stole over 70 bases. Tim Raines. Great. Eric the Red had 80. Eric the Red was dope. Ricky had 87. And uh, that Vince Coleman fella had 107. Vince Coleman was incredible. You, you, Eric Davis was the first guy... That legitimately, they could comp- you you looked at skill set and started comparing to Willie Mays, right-handed, right-handed hitter, center field. That's really not fair to be compared to Willie Mays because Willie Mays is, you know, if you're gonna have a Mount Rushmore, as they like to say, of Major League Baseball greats, Willie Mays is gonna be on there. So to be compared to, because everybody kept wanting to be the next. Yeah, he's the next Mays. He's the next Ruth. He's the next. Williams, Ted Williams. Eric Davis was like the legit guy that you can honestly say speed, power, throw, five-tool guys. But you talked to – like when I've talked to Bip Roberts about this, playing at Riverfront or Three Rivers. Great ballpark. Or Veteran Stadium, those places were dumps. It would basically like – so they were all built in this era so they could be football and baseball, right, which is understandable. You want to have a facility where you could have both play. But they, they basically just put AstroTurf on top of concrete. And you had these players go out and play on that, and it destroyed their legs. It was bad for your feet, your ankles, your knees, your hips, everything. It's sad that we had those guys, great athletes playing on that. Eric Davis, well, I mean, obviously Eric Davis, A's fans remember Eric the Red. He got hurt in the 1990 World yeah. Series. Uh- the reason why took, I'm not, I think took Stu deep in game one, didn't he? Yes. The reason why I'm not sitting there because I want to go over, give you Lofton's numbers real quick. Kenny Six, Lofton. 68.4 career war. I mean, we're right at the 70 mark. 2,428 hits. All right. 130 career home runs, but who cares? He wasn't known He's as a, a power guy. guy. Uh, 200, it's a 299 batting average. He stole 622 bags. He scored over 1,500 runs. Wow. And he had an OPS of OPS plus of 107. That's a lot of runs scored. Six-time All-Star, four-time Gold Gold Glove winner. It's a lot of runs scored. Rawlings Gold Glove. Ray Fossey would always correct us. A Rawlings Gold Glove. That is correct. God bless you, Ray Fossey. Uh, And in 2003, he played in 84 games with the Pirates before getting traded to the the, the uh, the Cubs. Only you could bring this discussion back to the Pirates. Nobody cares. Um, We mean the A's are playing them next week. You could could make make a a legit case that uh, he could be a Hall of Famer. By the way, the other day our radio crew, better known as Ken and Vince, were kicking around, you know, early American League MVP. Out of nowhere, here's this guy in New York 
He wasn't in the discussion. I think uh, that big kid in New York's back in the discussion. Do you realize that his numbers, the first 45 games, are basically identical to last year? Yeah, and he missed 10 games with an injury this year. He is incredible. Yeah. Everybody, I, I have this thing that, and I, you know, maybe I can float. How much time we got? I can float. I, I, we're not going to be able to do it today. You're talking about Glaber Torres, right? Huh? You're talking about Glaber Day? Glaber Day? No. <laughs> um, I want everybody out there. Our, when is our net Friday? This might be for Friday. It's you, that's a you and Ray Jensen special. This might be Friday. When I say a half a billion dollars for a player, Half a billion. Half a bill. How do you see the player? Now, I don't want you to say I, I, it's, it's, it's so-and-so. What kind of characteristics? If you're building a superhero, right, what kind of superpowers do you want? Well, I want to be able to fly. I want to be super strong. I want to be able to have X-ray vision. You know, I want to be so like want, Superman. I would say you want to be super. I, right? I, I, but I want to have like a Batman belt. Well, I, I threw out, I threw out what Batman's superpower was, and it was he's incredibly rich. He was, was only a millionaire. <laughs> millionaire Bruce Wayne is not that impressive. I'd like to have a Wonder Woman invisible jet. Yes. Like, uh, so like there's some traits that if you were a superhero, Thor's you, hammer. you'd like to have. There you go. So that – is what I'm talking about. What kind of when you see I'm going to give a guy a half a billion dollars. What what are the traits that he has to have? I'm telling you right now. I've polled five people. I've gotten answers. And one of the things that I don't see from baseball people, and this is something they don't think about it and it's not their fault. They're not business people. The first trade I think is I got to sell this guy. Five bill. I mean, we're five hundred million. I'm giving a guy half a billion dollars. I better be able to. What's my what's my ROI? My return on investment. So I want everybody to take the next couple days because tomorrow we have a day game. Thursday we have the day off. I'm gonna do this on Friday, but I'm giving everybody a heads up now, and maybe we can put it out there on Twitter. At AthleticsCast24, what are the traits you want to have of a guy you're going to give half a billion dollars to, right? What is, what is, what does he have to do for you? And what does he have to do for a lot? What's he got to do for you performance-wise? What, what kind of player is he? What kind of teammate is he? How, how, can, I make, how can I make money off of it? There's a lot that is going into this because it's an interesting question because there's certain players that are going to be looking to cash in some big-time money. There's two players. Names are, I'll tell you, Juan Soto and Shohei Ohtani are two two guys that are, are out there that people are talking about. But what would you have to do to feel good? What would the player have to – I'm not going to say look like. What are the traits? Because I'm telling you right now, I think a great question, right, because people be like, Juan Soto. If I'm taking an all-around young player right now, Am I taking Ronald Acuna Jr. over Juan Soto? I think that's a pretty fair, uh, pretty safe bet. I would take him. Wait a minute, Juan Soto turned down four hundred and forty million, and you're telling me you take Acuna over him? How much money he's making? One, we made a hundred something. It was, I think, it was eight for one twenty when he signed it. Yeah. Eight for one twenty. The kid's what twenty? What he is never he, has 25? to work again. He's fine. Yeah, and he's having a tremendous year coming back from a horrible knee injury. I mean, he's clearly heads and shoulders better than Juan Soto. 
oh, don't tell people at the network that. Well, they're but wrong. I agree with you. It's, it's, yeah, I'd rather they're, have. They're, 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 someone was saying, oh, the OPS Plus with him and Freddie Freeman's the same. Freddie Freeman, by far, is having a way more impactful year. I'll take That's Freddie. where some analytics can lie to you. I'll take Freddie Freeman. Oh, my God. How would you not take Freddie Freeman? Freddie Freeman might be your front runner for MVP. He has We're a, only the third of the way in. He has what we call B-O-W, body of work. Does it all. Yeah, I lo- Freddie. Juan Soto walks. He's hitting a little better now. I'll he's give him hit, credit. He's getting better. Average but, up to like 260. But they're showing. That's, that's he, not Ted Williams. But your, Z, your Z percentage, your Z swing, that's swinging inside yeah. the strike zone. Yeah. He's swinging less than ever before. The name, the, 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 the nickname got brought up today, and I, a nickname I've always loved, and it was a slam against us. He is the king of lawyer ball. <laughs> lawyer ball. Where you're going to fight about every single strike. Yeah, it's this bit, this much, this much right here. You're fighting over it. And it's sometimes like, hey, man, go a-hacking. Juan Soto is just a better version of Jack Cust. Ooh. Ooh. Do I have to bring up defensive metrics? Oh, he's Juan he's, Soto sucks defensively. You want me to bring up base running? He sucks. He's 24 and he's a terrible athlete. He's a liability in the outfield, and yes, he can't run. I can't mean, run. Remember can't the whole, throw, can't run, can't field. But what can he do? Get on base. <laughs> uh, the one thing. That but they've always said what happens if you're around. You know, that's one thing that's always so interesting. When. People make the excuse of, well, if he was in a different lineup. Have you seen the Padres lineup? I've seen the names and the money. Oh, by the way, did you see who, else, did you see who they just claimed of waivers? The Sanchino. Oh, the Sanchino. Uh, and no, we're not claiming the Sanchino. And no, the A's do not claim Luke Voigt, even though he'd be a great wrestler. I'd love him in the WWE. Is it still WWE? Yeah, it's still WWE. I would let, but I do not want nobody older. Nobody older. Your guy Vince Catronio tried to give me crap about me talking about younger guys today. <laughs> and if any, if anybody right now is riding up the elevator here at the Coliseum, I stand by what I say. I don't want older. Where's that gotten you? Oh, I know, eleven and forty-five. You like that record? That's yeah, not. That's not a, not good. You want to add more thirty-year-olds? No, I went back and looked month by month. Uh, A's were very good, in May, uh, very good in March. Want to know that in April, May they won five games each month. Obviously, they have eleven wins, so that can't. I just don't. I feel like that that's gonna even out. There's no way you can you win five games a month. The rest of the baseball. There's season. no way. Yeah, exactly. I mean, like the five of us down here put us in uniform. We'd win. I mean, right? A lot of average. Lot, I mean, seriously. But yesterday, I, you know, it was a treat. We didn't get a lot of time. We're gonna have to have him on again, Lucas Ursig. Yeah, we, we had him on Friday, right? Friday in the Treehouse. Tree yeah. Um, what a special day for him and his family yesterday. Oh, for sure, that was awesome. I mean, I mean, Three you, scoreless. you can go up into the clubhouse right now and tell him that his win doesn't matter because wins don't matter for pitchers. You can go up to his family in the stands and tell him that wins don't matter for pitchers. Whenever you want, you can go up there with your bravado and tell him that wins don't matter. But to him, getting his first win, even though he's a reliever, and I think. Pitching three innings, not giving up a home run, not walking anybody, knowing his battle, and and being sober, and as he said, putting the bottle down has changed his life for the better, for his relationships, 
being a father, being everything that he is now. His life has changed on and off the field. And knowing his backstory and knowing that he's a kid from the Bay Area, grew up in the South Bay, down in Campbell, and to watch that yesterday really was a beautiful thing. And to have the win on top of that was something awesome. Yeah, and it's 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 crazy to think that he did the – he put on the bottle when he mentioned that. It was in 2020 when everyone started drinking more because of COVID and the shutdown. We all he, did. He, we put, all, he, I mean. he stopped. He stopped. And, that's, you know, more credit to him. He's a great story. And we will definitely get him on again. Uh, it was kind of rushed last week, and that, you know it happens the first game of the series. But yeah, we'll get him on again. Great, it was a great story. He looked good yesterday. I mean, that fastball plays. I mean, I know velocity. Everyone's throwing hard now, but for a guy that was a former infielder to be throwing that hard. And how many innings? Uh, three. Three. Not 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 two thirds. Or you, you don't think Mark Kotze was hunting a win yesterday? So is, and it, then, safe, is and then, it safe to say he's unavailable today? Or? And then yeah, I don't think he's going <laughs> to be. I don't know. Get him up. Can he pitch? Let's go. Um, and then also Paul Blackburn. Another Bay Area guy. They had Blackburn yesterday, and you kind of sense it too, and we had David Forrest here earlier today. Um, I think it meant a lot for a lot of people to have Blackburn back. I mean, some type of stability for the pitching staff. You need somebody. I know it was only four innings, but you saw the six strikeouts. This is a very good Atlanta lineup. And, you know, they're still – even though they've had some struggles lately, they've been terrible at home, by the way. That means they're like – they're 15 and – I don't have my scorebook in front of me. I think they're 15 and 14 at home. They've been great on the road. They're the best team in baseball on the road. But they've been very uh, – they've been average at home. But still, for him to go out and take on them in the very first game um, and do the way he did the six strikeouts, it was big. Yeah, it's great to have him back. You have that – you know, the guy that was – you know, for how good he was the first half of last year, being an all-star now with the finger – you know, the battling the finger, which is so bizarre to say you're battling a finger, but good to have him you, back. You, you've sliced it, you've had blisters, and <laughs> yeah. you've had a nail issue. Yeah, it's the trifecta. I mean, it's unbelievable. So hopefully, you know, he pitches well going forward. We got J.P. Sears tonight. Let's see if he gets past the fifth inning or not. Oh, J.P. Sears. Funny you asked about J.P. Sears, right? Uh, yeah. J.P. Sears has a 3.25 ERA and five May starts. It's pretty good. That is really – I mean, when you think about the struggles of the pitching, J.P. Sears has really – I mean, if, if there's any of the young pitchers who have established themselves, hasn't – I mean, Muller's in AAA. Waldachuk, kind of all over the board with Waldachuk now, right, especially since he was brought in as an opener. Medina has an electric arm. Here's a question I have about Medina. Are you worried about him giving up home runs when you know all everybody does is hit home runs? Uh, I hate to bring it back to something we talked about the uh, last week on the show, but we talked about how Verlander being like Verlander. Verlander gets up a lot of home runs. Well, at, Verlander's very good. Okay, well, doesn't everybody hit home runs? Yes. Well, if everybody hits home runs, somebody had to give those home runs up, right? So it's kind of like if I take you to another sport, if you set the offense and the rules up so that offense, it's going to be easier to throw the ball and score touchdowns. If a cornerback gives up touchdowns, are you going to say that he's not a good cover corner when the rules are set up against him, you can still be a good corner and give up some touchdowns. So that's what I'm, I'm trying to get out here is like, all right, you know, I cover Steph Curry, he still scores 35, but, I mean, I play good D. 
It's just set up he's shooting threes. Yeah. And he makes a lot of them. Doesn't mean I didn't play good D. So that's my whole thing now. I'm starting to wonder, like, am I being too critical of a pitcher when I say, well, he gives up a lot of home runs, and then you look at, well, we have record home runs every year. If guys are hitting them, somebody had to be giving them up. So even the best pitchers give up home runs. I found out from our crack staff earlier that he he's allowed 12 home runs, which isn't the, in the it's on the leaderboard, but I think he's like sixth. But 12 home runs or 25 percent of the hits he's allowed this year have been home runs. That's from the crack staff earlier today. But are we not going to say what we have seen is an electric arm? Oh, oh, no, oh sorry, I was talking about Sears. That's my fault. Oh. I was I went back to Sears. No, I'm with you about Medina. I don't give up the if, as you said. If you, people are hitting home runs, someone's giving them up, and I think. His velocity in his Every arm. day I go and I check the the oh, I check the staff, the starters, the bullpen. I write it and you look other t- as bad. As, remember how bad we were like leading all the categories. Mm-hmm. Teams are starting to catch up. Yeah, even though we're thirtieth out of thirty in a lot of things, but teams are starting to catch up. They're starting to catch up in walks, home runs given up. People are we're starting to. It's like teams are starting to get to us. So there's plenty of people out there giving up a lot of home runs. I think we're safe, though. We're on pace to give up 281 home runs, and the Orioles allowed 305. So I think we're we're going to be good not giving up the most home runs. Ever? And it's, that was, remember how bad the Orioles was were that, years was ago? Was that 19? Yeah. What, that was, was the hitting. juice ball year. Yeah. It's like when everybody thought Matt Chapman was going to hit 35-plus home runs every year. Yeah. And certain guys were going to hit. He's kind of fallen off uh, since uh, May started. Well, our crack, our crack staff have the uh, stat that really is amazing to me. Since Brent Rooker went on MLB Network. And played with the Telestrator. And Mark DeRosa on MLB Central, that's their morning show, and they did the whole thing. Everybody loved it. Rooker's hitting a buck 90 since that performance. It's not good. It's below the Mendoza line, as they yeah, say. That's, that's tough. That's He's not in the lineup today. That's tough. Uh Real quick, though, but Sears, though, J.P. Sears has a 2.86 ERA at home this year. It's more positive. Well, I if, if there's been one if there's been one young pitcher who has established himself as somebody who go, you know what, he's sticking in this rotation. I'm going to keep pitching him. It's J.P. Sears. Oh, it's uh, he has given you no because Mueller already gone. Waldachuk, I mean, Waldachuk's all over the place. Medina, electric arm, you don't know. I mean, Mason Miller, I don't even know if we'll see him again this season. Yeah, I hope we do. But, yeah, um, that's. The other day on MLB Sirius, it's so funny how people, you know they're not watching. So, I'm listening uh, on the way home. I should get a life, but I'm listening on the (laughs) way home uh, from the ballpark to MLB radio on Sirius XM. And they got a guy on there. Who is there? Uh, no one knows the minor leagues like him. He covers prospects like nobody else. And he was asked about the three Millers, and what were how would he rate his three Millers? So you got Bryce Miller in Seattle, Bobby Miller in LA, in Dodgers, and then our Mason Miller. And this guy starts kicking it around, and he, you know because Bryce Miller out of Texas A&M was considered good, right? But he was never anybody's top prospect, yeah. right? So he, uh, so, but right now, I mean, he looks like hell on wheels, right? And then, you know, this is how it was explained. And I went, this is such mumbo jumbo. Uh, I like the ceiling of Mason Miller, but I think I'll take the floor of Bobby Miller. Hmm. 
I wanted to call you. What does that mean? I think he likes the upside that Mason Miller brings, but he's not healthy. But he likes where the floor is right now, Bobby Miller. No, he, li- he likes the f- – it was not the future. He likes the, he likes the future he likes of his where, floor. I, I think he likes where Miller is right now, yeah. He thinks he's going to be consistent. And I want to say, can I call – hey, you guys know that uh, Mason Miller's out and we don't know when he's going to pitch again. Yeah. You guys yeah. might want to do a little research before you do this segment. Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> it's bad producing. Oh, it's like, oh, you guys oh, you like Mason Miller's stuff, huh? Yeah, I don't know if it's going to play Bobby, Bobby, soon. By the way, Bobby Miller pitched well again yesterday, too, for the Dodgers. Another guy? Oh, yeah. Well, another guy that came through the Dodgers system where they don't pitch deep in the games, but yet, wait for it, he's pitching deep in the game somehow. Funny how that works. And the Angels, you asked David Force about will we ever see a guy come up from double-A. In the last five days, the Angels have called up two guys from double-A. Yeah, when's the last time we called up a guy from double-A to the big leagues? I mean, the two guys they called up are relievers, their top pick from 2021, and Ben Joyce at those 105. But oh, the kid from Tennessee. Tennessee, yeah. They called him up. Tennessee he, Volunteers, by and the way. He debuted last night, and I know we got to get to your good friend. Hey, that's what I love. David Force talked about it. Starts Friday, and we're going to have Brad Sanfilippo, uh, head coach of San Jose State, on. We've had him on the show before. If, you, if you're longtime loyal listeners, he used to coach a Cal with David Esker. David Esker, who was the coach at Cal when Marcus Simeon and Mark Canna were there. David Esker is now the head coach at Stanford. Brad is taking on Stanford. So you want to talk about how interesting this is, and we're going to talk about it with Brad. So David Esker was the head coach at Cal. Brad Sanfilippo coached for him at Cal. Esker went back to his alma mater, Stanford, and Brad's coaching San Jose State, and now we're going to battle 2 o'clock on Friday. But we've had them both on multiple. We had David Esker on multiple times. Yeah. We'll have to have him on during yeah. these original yeah. during those re, these originals. He said to me, by the way, David Esker, as I somehow have become the host college uh, baseball insider. No, I've been the uh, master of ceremonies for the big Santa Clara County baseball banquet that's been happening for like forty something years where everybody gets honored. They used to get guys like John Miller, Lon Simmons, Ken Korak, guys like that. Now they have me doing it. Um, and David Esker, and, and, and it's love, most of it is big leagues. We've got a lot of big league stuff, right? They honored Mitch Hanniger, Jock Peterson this year. Uh, who, was, who was our guy with the Rangers? Uh, Donnie Ecker. Donnie Ecker, uh, Rangers offensive coordinator, was honored. And then, of course, you got the colleges, the high school kids, because there's a lot of baseball. Obviously, Santa Clara County, our biggest county in the Bay Area. And uh, David Esker, the head coach of Stanford, I did my interview with him there in front of everybody, and he said, watch out for San Jose State. And do you know why he said, watch out for – this banquet was when? February? March? Something like that? Was it then? I thought it might – yeah, it sounds about right. So – San Jose State and Stanford had played a lot in the fall. Mm-hmm. So David Esker said, watch out. San Jose State's got good players. Well, the region it's regional time. And as David Force said, the scouts go out and watch the regionals. They want to see, if I'm going to draft you in the first round, second round, third round, how do you compete the pressure? This is, this is it's two-game elimination, but this is, this is the bright lights. College baseball, this is when college baseball shines. You're on national television, right? You got all these games on ESPN. Next thing you know, you're going to go to the Super Bowl Regionals after this. Then you're playing on the mothership, the actual ESPN main channel for the College World Series. 
which gets huge viewership. They want to see, as as David just said, they want to see how high school guys perform in showcases. Mm -hmm. They want to see how college players perform when you're talking about your conference tournaments, which just happened, and San Jose State won the Mountain West. Uh, Does Stanford win the Pac-12? I want to say yes, but I'm not not sure. Why do these kids just sit here and look at us do the show and not sit there all day long? Dan Patrick show, their guys are looking up stuff all day long. And then their answer is going to be, well, you're not Dan Patrick, and I'm going to be like, (laughs) that's a good point. Uh, I'm looking it up right now. So uh, I have a great question for you Pac-12 honks. Um, two of the biggest. Uh, wow! No, Oregon beat Oregon beat Arizona. So, but Stanford's still hosting a regional. Yes. So when I think of Pac-12 honks, I think of the great Alan Bernstein, Roxy Bernstein, our A's historian David Feldman, who works for the Pac-12 Network. I have a new name. I don't know. I want you to want you. I want to run this by you before I fully go public with it. They're 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 known as the Conference of Champions. Correct. The Pac-12. Yes. Or should they now be the Conference of Deserters? It's trending that way. We had a long conversation with our good friend Ryan Sanic about it. I mean, if you think USC and UCLA are the only teams that are going to leave the pack. You're not back in the pack? I mean, I'm, I'm hearing some things. Colorado. Colorado's going, yeah, hey, hey, uh, Big 12. Remember we used to be, we were all in the Big 8 together. Remember? Coach Prime, baby. You think Utah doesn't want out? What's Utah and Colorado going to do in the Pac-12 now that USC? I mean, if you're Oregon, you want to stick around here, Oregon? Washington, you got, you know, you got you got, you got a lot of juice. You're you're in a big market. You're Washington. You 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 control the Pacific Northwest. You think Washington wants to stick around and hang out? Yeah. Uh, Oregon State's getting better at football. Oregon State smells like a Mountain West team to me. So does Washington. State. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or, that'd be that'd be a great addition for Oregon State or for the um, Mountain West for baseball. But Mountain West, San Jose State is your champs, and you know, being a former San Jose State baseball player, I played in the Big West. We went from the Big West to the WAC to the Mountain West. Um, it's a big deal. It means a lot to me. And Brad is a Bay Area guy, and he's done a great job. It's been some tough circumstances with different facilities and changing facilities, and the fact that he's got San Jose State back in the regionals. Remember, you're in the regionals. You win and you keep winning, you're going to have a chance to play for the national title. That's what it's all about. Here's my conversation with Coach Flip earlier today. Well, Brad, I can't tell you how proud I am of you, of your players, of our program San Jose State the University for you to do what you've done, the turnaround of the program and so many obstacles in front of you and you've gotten it done to be the Mountain West champs, to be in the regional, playing at Stanford on Friday. Just tell me what it's like to be the head coach of these young men. Uh, I could not be more proud of, uh, of a group, of a team um, in terms of uh, some of the difficulties and challenges uh, that we've, we've faced over the last couple of years. Um, you know, obviously most notably, you know, COVID in Santa Clara County was, was not too kind to, uh, you know, anybody, but obviously trying to trying to prepare for a baseball season was, was rather difficult, but uh, the, for these guys to stay committed and loyal to this program, you as an alum would be, so proud of uh, this group and their commitment to not only each other, but to this university and 
the fact that they put their belief in this coaching staff that this was a possibility. And not only was this a possibility, but like in the day and age of the transfer portal, um, you know, yeah. there are challenges that we faced and, you know, they could have left, uh, but they stayed commit, committed to this program. And I'm so proud that this group was able to celebrate like we did the last couple of weekends, you know, for the regular season championship and then for the Mountain West uh, championship um, that they've realized this level of success together. I, I, I will never experience that level of pride other than, you know, watching your kids do stuff. I guess it's it's a little similar. You know, you kind of feel like this is your family and watching them, you know, do something cool. Like it just gives you a little sense of pride. You know, we've had you on the A's pregame pregame show before. We've talked about your affiliation with Cal and how you coach guys like Marcus Simeon and Mark Canna with David Esker when he was the head coach of Cal. And Esky, of course, the Stanford coach who you're going against, uh, we've had on this program. You know each other well. But before we get into all of that, you know, for you, as you mentioned, because a lot of people, we forget how rough the COVID season was, just not the big league level, but how tough it was at the college level, the minor league level. So many guys lost a year of their career. To go through all of that, to go through the fact you don't have the facilities that the and you're in transition, let's just call it what it is, and then the schools you're going up against, they don't have the same problems. When you got coach of the year, everything that you've been through in your career, what did it mean to you? Yeah, I mean, and again, some of the things that have happened the last couple of weeks have been pretty surreal. Um, and and it's this, and at places like this, and places like this, I mean, mid-majors where you probably don't have as many resources as, um, you know, we went to Texas a couple of weeks ago, and that that was a pretty cool experience just to see the commitment level. And obviously we'll play at Stanford and, and that's, you know, an unbelievable facility and things like that. But um, when you go into something like this and you, and you, you inherently know what the challenges are um, you know, it takes your coaching staff and a belief in yourself that, you know, this is possible, you know, you surround yourself with the right people uh, in terms of our coaches. And, and we've done that. And I've been lucky enough to be uh, surrounded by, you know, phenomenal players and, and, and coaches uh, here. And so, uh, you know, it, to be recognized as coach of the year is obviously, um, you know, I think it's a testament to my wife and, and my kids and, you know, allowing that, you know, sanity and you know, the job beat you up uh, quite a bit. And when we've had that, uh, but it's, it's recognition for, for my coaching staff and these players and all that they've done. And, and yeah, I, I get that, that my name is coach of the year, but it's just that everyone has believed in the people that are here. And, and I think that's the most important thing. You know, it wasn't that long ago we had our Santa Clara County baseball uh, banquet that's been going on for many, many years that basically shows the love for Santa Clara County and all the greatness in baseball from the, the A's being there, the Giants being there, all the people that were honored that day, Jock Peterson, Mitch Hanniger, we're talking about big leaguers. But we also honor high school kids, and we talk about the colleges. And you get up there, the head coach of Santa Clara, head coach of Stanford, of course, David Esker is the head coach of Stanford. And he said to me, hey, watch out. Brad's got a really good team down there. And, and I remember telling you that at the banquet, and you're like, yeah, he's blowing smoke at me. But it was David Esker, the guy you're going up against, the guy that you know so well, he, he means so much to you in your career. He was the one that said at the banquet before you guys kicked it off, 
Watch out for San Jose State. He was the one who saw this coming. Yeah, we played Stanford in the fall, and we've been we've been quite familiar with each other uh, the last couple of years. And he's seen he's seen our group kind of mature. Um, and and hey, leave it to Esky to to know uh, a team that's pretty offensive. His his club is ridiculously offensive, and uh, it, you know it's been the goal of of ours here, uh, the conference that we play. And the Mountain West, you got to go to Albuquerque and you got to go to Reno and um, Fresno's offensive and, um, you know, Air Force is like playing baseball on the moon. So uh, we we knew that we had to, you know, not only do you have to be able to win at home at Muni, uh, but you got to go on the road and you got to be physical. You got to be to hit homers and doubles and keep up in the in a double digit game, uh, you know, that'll break out in the Mountain West. So. You know, I think Esky realized that that we had uh, become rather physical in the last couple of years. You know, the funny thing is we hit 67 homers, which was a San Jose State record last year, and we still finished like fifth in the Mountain West. So um, it just tells you, again, how offensive this conference is. But, uh, yeah, I think I think we're playing at Stanford, and I'm playing against Esky, and I got off the phone with him about a half hour ago. It's just the baseball gods, I guess, are uh, intending this to, uh, to be true, that, we, that we've got to go – go against them at their place. And, you know, I, I think, I think it will be cool, but I mean, even on their staff, Andre Mercurio, former Spartan who not only played for me when I was an assistant here, but coached for me here uh, and then went up the road to coach there. So there's, there's quite a few ties and it's, uh, but, but I'll, I'll, I'll take Esky in terms of him recognizing that, that, that we had a pretty good club when we played him in the fall. You know, I, and I look, you know, the selection show, came out ESPN two and you start looking at where all these regions are and I'm looking at the map right now. I can't show it to everybody, but the closest regional host to the West coast is Oklahoma state and Stillwater, Oklahoma. Everything is in the Southeast. I mean, everything you're looking at LSU, Alabama, Arkansas, Clemson, uh, Wake Forest, Miami, Florida. So I look at all Auburn. I mean, all the Kentucky. I mean, obviously, we know where the big dollars are these days in the SEC. Just talk about how I know people first came out and said, wow, man, you got Fullerton. You've got Texas A&M. But when you look at a draw of the best place you could have gone, I mean, you're right up 280. Could you have a better venue for your ball club? There's familiarity there for sure. Um oh the as as luck or fate would have it um we played san diego state at stanford uh, a couple weeks ago because uh we had a little weather conflict earlier in the year and we had to we had to move a series against san diego state um and in doing so we didn't have access to muni or sorry excite ballpark but um so we had to find another venue uh we played at cal on friday and sunday and we played a doubleheader at stanford on saturday so um, we're familiar, um, with sunken diamond. Um, we are obviously familiar with, um, their coaching staff and, and, and Esky and their pitching coach, coach eager and I are, are very good friends and, you know, Andre, uh, you know, being a lot of connections there. So, you know, there's, there's not a whole lot of, uh, secrets, um, Texas A&M, you know, coach, coach Lashnagel has, has been unbelievable, um, in track record with coach Yeski there. Um, you know, their past, both at TCU and Oregon State and now at AM, and um, and obviously 
what Coach Dietrich has, um, you know, re restarted and rebuilt now here uh, at Fullerton just in a short time, uh, his two years, getting them back into a regional. So um, wherever you're playing at this time of year, you're going to play quality teams. Um, we feel very grateful for an opportunity to continue to play baseball together um, and um, getting on a plane to go to SEC country was something that I know this group would have been fine with, but you know, 20 minute bus ride uh, to uh, sunken diamond, stay at a hotel in, in, in Redwood city. I think we'll be okay. Well, I can tell you there, there's a bunch of us. We've all been on these text threads talking about just how proud we are of you guys and how much fun this ride has been. So it's not over. It starts on Friday. Records don't matter. What your conference doesn't matter, where you're from, where you're recruited, who's whether you got drafted out of high school, like all the things that we look at, where we talk about all the stuff about all these programs. None of that matters starting on Friday against Stanford. Was it first pitch is two o'clock? Two o'clock. Uh, yeah, two o'clock start on Friday. Yeah, we will give out the ticket information for everybody, but you know. Just to let people know, you and I met years and years ago when you were a very young man at Mesa Junior College and we were playing in a Major League Baseball Wood Bat League. Who would have ever thought years from now I would be here, you would be there, and I, I think this this year is so big for your career and what it's going to do for you long term. Once again, we all former San Jose State baseball players are so proud of you and your guys and what you've done. But as much as I want to gush about you, it hasn't ended. It just start. You, the start. The starting gate, you're lining up right now. Good luck and go get them on Friday. We'll, we'll all be behind you. Uh, I did tell our guys, uh, Townie, that, that the, the text that I am receiving from alum and all of the people that have played before, uh, before this team here, uh, we're representing them and, and they're holding us up. So I know our guys feel the support and we appreciate it. I, I appreciate you giving me this little forum to, to brag about our guys a little bit. And, um, I'm just, I'm proud of this program. I'm, I'm proud that we can represent you guys in a way that makes you guys proud. And, uh, you should be proud of this team. This is a, this is a quality group. So I and appreciate it. You're going to keep winning and we're going to keep doing these. <laughs> That's the great thing. I love it. All right, go get them I on Friday. It. All right. Thanks, Dan. I appreciate you. Bring on Stanford. Let's go. I'm not afraid of Stanford. No. No, you never have been. Actually, you never have been. I, nope. took, I took them out myself when they were number two in the country. Yeah, you're not You're not scared of them. Not afraid. Let me, let me ask you this. So By the way, yeah. happy birthday. Thanks, buddy. Today's his birthday. It. It's true. Hey, turn me up a little bit. It's true. Or do I have different headphones? Are you turning me? There we go. Hey, how fired up are you? No, 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 no. Happy no, birthday. Today you, is your no, special. No. As my mother always said, today is your special day. Yeah. What happened today? Anything good? Just a breakfast? Great, or just a great day. A little family give you anything? Any, any uh, presents? Not or? yet. It's going to be delayed because I'm not going to see them for a little bit. But yeah, okay. they, got, they, got, they say they have some things coming. So looking forward Today to is it. your day. It's happy birthday. Uh, I appreciate it. But can we shift to San Jose If I would have known, I would have brought something for you. Just flapping with you is good enough. So tell me about how excited are you at San Jose's dad? I just want to hear about it. I tell you, the, the, the threads of all the old guys and texting, it's been uh, electric. Uh, a bunch of people are getting together to go to the games on Friday. And I'm I'm about to actually take my first time off, so it's like I can't take any time off. Delaire would kill me. But uh, I'm very excited. Going to watch on TV. Our buddy Roxy Bernstein is going to be on the call. But it's huge for the program. 
You know, when, that, when San Jose State went to the College World Series years ago, and to see my alma mater play for the national championship on ESPN, it was, it was special. And that's how you, you build programs. And know it, these young men, this opportunity in their life, they will go on. They'll whatever they're going to do. As you know, you get married, you have kids. Or, but you never forget this time and these players. And when you accomplish this. At this point in your life, these guys become like brothers. We talked always about the 72, 73, 74 teams, how they're like brothers. Well, yeah, in college baseball, you travel really for the first time around the country together. You go to school together. You screw up together. You grow together. These are times in your life you never forget and bonds that can never be broken. I'm so happy for these kids and what they battled through and the fact that uh, they came up so big. It's huge. You're going to play at Stanford, and you got Texas A&M there, Cal State Fullerton, who was, you know, where Mark Kotze's from. Right, yeah. Na- who I played against Kotze, right? Yeah. So we're talking about national championships and everything. They had been down. They're back up. It's a very good region, Texas A&M. Yeah. Coming to the Bay Area, a really good school. And as David Force said, when they're looking at, you know, who they want to draft, they want to see how these guys perform. In the regionals, super regionals, and college world series, yeah. how you perform under the bright lights? They're looking at that now. Uh, obviously, can't be satisfied with just getting there. You want to do some damage, right? No, no doubt. Yeah, you don't want to go two in a queue, as they right, say. Right. Two in a barbecue. Yeah. You want to. You want to. You you want a chance. And you know, San Jose State has done well at Stanford. They've played Stanford a lot. They played in the fall. A lot of bad weather. Esker, who's that coach of Stanford who comes on this program, and Coach Flip, they'd known each other from their time at Cal. So they had a couple uh, scrimmages. So these two teams know a lot about each other. And as he said, San Jose State had some scheduling conflicts because of weather and the fact that the San Jose Giants are back. They, we, sh- yeah. we share the same home with San Jose yeah. Giants. They just played San Diego State up at Stanford. So this is no stranger for my Spartans up at Stanford Stadium. Yeah going to be interesting. Did you think at the start of the year did you say, don't sleep on this team, or did you not even think about it as a possibility? That they oh, would no, be- no, we knew they were going to be good. Oh, yeah. really? And it was David Esker at this event. Uh, the head coach of Stanford said, hey, the team to watch in the Bay Area this year is San Jose really? State. Yeah, they knew they wow. were going to be tough to beat. All right. College baseball, baby, doesn't get any better. That's great, man. I love this time of year. So much fun. How you yeah. feeling about this team, Johnny? We going on a run here? <laughs> we, you know what? Trying to win, trying to win their second, Come on, second game in a row. Here we Come go. Come on. Hey. I need you here. All right. Look, big game. At some point, they got to win three in a I row. I think so. I think they're going to win. I think they, they. If you were in Vegas right now and you had to bet a substantial amount of money, you'd have to bet at some point they win three in a row. If I was a betting man, if I was, yeah, I'm not a big, obviously I don't bet on baseball, but I, I would put I would put money on that. I would. I, they, didn't, they have, a, I didn't ask you to be Pete Rose. Right, exactly. Peter Edward Rose, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Not that guy. No. But you're right. No, they they're going to win three in a row at some point. Yes, they will. I put money on that. Wouldn't you? I I think I think the best birthday gift for all of us would be a win and two in a row. Right over the Braves. Come on, let's do this. Happy birthday! All right, thanks, buddy. JD's up next. I'll Appreciate be back it. in a little bit with A's total access. We want to thank Wash. We want to thank Noda. We want to thank David Force and Coach Flip for all stopping by A's Cast Live. We'll be back on Friday, one o'clock. We'll be back Friday at 1 o'clock getting you ready for the A's. And the Fish, the Marlins from South Florida. Coming up next, these guys right here on A's Cast Live. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better 
because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is Chris Towns, and there are two things that are a must for me, comfort and style. Whether I'm playing golf, going to dinner, I've got to have the right feel. That's why I've partnered with Link Soul, and you're going to love Link Soul. They have just released their new spring line, new fabrics for their polos, lightweight and perfect for technical performance. Link Soul also has new styles for their layers and hoodies with cool prints and seasonal colors. You know what they say in the big leagues, look good, play good. Go to LinkSoul.com. That's LinkSoul.com. Streaming from the town, A's Cast Live continues with Chris Townsend. You know, eventually I will get new liners made where it says yeah. you and I or just me because, right. yeah. you know, I, I got to make it be selfish can about you, it. Can you turn me up just a smidge? In your your headphones? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Perfect. How's that? Yeah, it's better. Well, because yeah. Tony likes it really loud. I know you like it less yeah, little, decibel right. level. Yes. So yep. I, I want to make sure everyone's happy on Thank this you. program. Thank you. Appreciate uh, it. Happy birthday, Johnny. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate so, it. 39 today, right? That's what, yeah, I, that's what I've been told. Something like that, yeah. yeah I mean, I'm, I'm getting up. there. I'll be 35 in a few I months. I know, yeah. So, Still a young pup. <clears throat> so uh, we'll get to the Pittsburgh trip that we're going to be on together in a minute. But J.P. Sears, what are you looking for tonight? Well, look, he's pitched well. I mean, in, in May, his ERA is 3.25, you know, and he's still looking for that first win. He's pitched well enough to win. Remember, he retired 16 out of 17 Astros. Uh, he pitched uh, great in Seattle, uh, you know, uh, was taken out uh, five innings, uh, 59 pitches, not, didn't go his third time through. So, look, he's pitched well. So, I think, I think look, this is uh, his time, and I'm, I, I'm looking for a great outing from him once again. Yeah, he has a 2.86 ERA at home. Uh, that's yeah. pretty good. Yep. He's the A's best pitcher, and it's, I, I mean, I'll say that, and it's not close right now. I think he's the best starting pitcher the team yep. has. He has the whole the whole third time through the lineup thing, I disagreed with it, but he does have a, he his batting average a lot after the third or third time through the lineup or plate appearance is two twenty. Right. I mean it's not like it's like three twenty, three ten, two eighty, it's two twenty. He does have the seven almost eighty RA in the sixth inning, but you know, how's he gonna get better if you don't let him work through? But I hope to see him pitch better tonight. This is a very good Braves team. We know who's in the lineup. Yep. Um, so I'm hoping to see him just build and keep growing and this team maybe rack up a second consecutive win. Yeah, the guy you got to try to get out is Ozzy Albies. He, he's uh, hitting 462 against left-handed pitching. He's, he's a good little player. He's unbelievable. So, and you know, look, he was hitting the seventh slot in, in you know that first game of the series, which is I mean, this guy is a really good player, man. So it's going to be look, you got your hands full. They're, they're one to nine. They're tough. Arcia hitting over 300. He's in the eighth slot. I mean, they're, they're and you got Kevin Pilar in there today. So it just. It, the lineup's really good. The Arcia thing is just wild because he was the Brewers' top guy, then the Brewers just kind of gave up on him. Yeah. Now they got Willie Adamas. Now he goes to Atlanta, and you thought, oh, Vaughn Grisham's going to be the guy when Dansby Swanson left. Right. And here's Arcia doing well for them. And he just flat out won the job. Yeah. They, Commander, he just I mean, won it. He they, just, they, develop, they developed a lot of guys over the last years. They're, they're not – I mean, we know how good they've been going all the way back to the early 90s. They're not the machine – in my opinion, they're not the machine that the Dodgers and Astros have been developing yeah. guys, but – I mean, some of the guys they've had that aren't named Ronald Acuna Jr. have been pretty good, and their pitching is – I mean, Bryce Elder leads the National League in ERA. 
Right. Oh, yeah, their pitching has been good. And, you know, look, they had two guys go down. You know, uh, Kyle Wright and, and Freed have gone down, and they have guys picking up the slack. And, and Elder is a, is a look, really good example, 2.01 ERA. Guy's a young guy, and, and uh, look, he's uh, he, he's been uh, the surprise to a lot of people. But And, you know, the, the numbers don't really look great as far as – kind of the inside, you know, the analytics with him. But, yeah. But you can't argue with 2.01 ERA, right? No, and, and uh, Kyle Wright, is he like, uh, I mean, he won, what, 20? He won 21? 21, 21 games. 21 he won 21 games last year. No, no one even remembers. It's like, yeah. like a few years ago when Julio uh, Urias won 20 games. No one remembers he won 20 games. Right. It's just because how many people devalue, I'm, I'm one of them, the de- devalue the pitcher win. But he won 21 games, and the Braves, you, don't even, you wouldn't even know because the Braves are still so good. They're so good. And uh, so it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, this is a game I think. You know, look, it's a, it's a tough lineup, but I, I'm looking forward to seeing what J.P. Sears can do. The one thing is, you know, Langoliers knows these guys well. Yeah. Langoliers, a matter of fact, he's really good friends with Elders. That's going to be a very interesting matchup. He knows what he throws. Of course, Elder knows about him. So that, I, that's going to be an intriguing matchup to me. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how they do against Elder because, like I said, he leads the National League in the ERA. I want to see Jonah Bride play more. He's in the lineup again today after yeah. having the two hits last night. Great to see him playing well. Quickly, we're both going to be in Pittsburgh yeah. next week. Can't wait. Yep, looking forward uh, to it. What, what's the one thing you're looking forward no, to more? I've just never been to Pittsburgh. I heard, heard great things about that ballpark. I've heard some great food places. I, I just, I'm going to pick your brand a little bit too, but I cannot wait to get out there. I'm yeah, I mean, I didn't actually start going out and partying there until I was out of college. That's, yeah. I, mean, it's, I lived a very uh, non-fun life, as you could, uh, but now that I've gone back and visited, I've done more things there. Um, I'm sure we can get into some trouble while we're there yeah I, I just that ballpark of what i understand like you walk across the bridge i mean people have yeah. sent me videos from walking it's great around. it's incredible what, what it looks like so i mean you got that you got point state park you got the duquesne incline if you want to take that up i mean you got i mean there's so much to do there i'm not i guess i'm being a homer but yeah. um it'll be nice i'm gonna go see my parents for a few days when i get back there yeah, i bet you're excited to see friends and everything right? yeah it, it's it's good i mean it's i mean i'm not a, a team brought i'm not a broadcaster on the games but i'm glad I, I got this opportunity to travel with the team and, well, you deserve and it, meet man. up with you guys you do a great job you deserve it. Well, that's so. going to do it for Ace Cast Live. Uh, you're on uh, TV today. Uh, radio today. Radio today. Yep, okay. Yep. So you and yep. Ken. Yep. Vince and Dallas on yep. television. Yep. Okay. Yep. All right. Well, game two, A's Braves coming up in, I don't know, minutes. Yeah. Chris Townsend standing by for Ace Total Access. They'll be back on Friday. Chris Townsend, Ray Jensen will be in for me as I will be on the East Coast. They'll have Eno Saris, Mark Kotze, and we're, and we're efforting Chad Pinder because he's uh, now retired, and yeah. it'll be great to see Chi and catch up with him so i'm working on that with our great pr staff so excellent thanks everyone for listening and watching chris townsend will be up with ace total access brought to you by chevron in two minutes and we'll see everyone on friday all right this has been a presentation of the oakland athletics 